and welcome to Elementary, Elementary Springfield. Springfield. I'm Lauren Bock. And I'm Lauren Bock. Uh, you're Claire Sullivan. I am Claire, Claire Sullivan. Sullivan. Yes, you're Claire Sullivan. Nice yeah, to be I'm here. Nice to be here too, I think, <laughs> depending on who I am. <laughs> the Both eternal question. <laughs> uh, existential crisis and it's been like 28 seconds. Hello. <laughs> this is a podcast about The Simpsons. We are watching seasons three to eight, the golden years. Because I grew up in Tasmania and we didn't get The Simpsons. Never fucking saw it. You've Too good. You were too good for The Simpsons. <laughs> this week's episode was... I'm not finished. (laughs) Okay, now you may go. It was Marge versus the monorail. Marge versus the fucking monorail. (laughs) Oh, my God. Finally, something that you may have seen? Yes. Now, this episode I have seen previously because... Because it's one of the best ones there, and I could see why. It was such a good episode. (laughs) It was, wasn't it? It was a real, oof, there was something about it that had everything I like about The Simpsons in it. Yeah. Like, great references, a really solid plot, escapades, good jokes, just completely and utterly perfection personified Oh my God. In a plot. You know why? Because it was one of the ones that was written by Conan O'Brien. What Boom. a fucking great writer. He is phenomenal. 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 Yeah. He's so amazing. I love his use of using the Simpsons family as a jumping off point. The way that he peppers the episodes with additional characters always giving us a little bit more, a little bit more of of all the other characters in Springfield. He's the one that actually kind of introduces new and deeper understandings of the different characters in Springfield. Yeah. But doesn't do it in a way that distracts or detracts from the main action of what's going on. His pacing is fucking fantastic. It's so, so good. So good. And the opening was the Flintstones. Yeah, they did a cheeky little Flintstones thing. Uh, Homer slides down the what would have been the dinosaur tail, but is in fact just a tube of some kind in the power plant, and then cracks open his window in order to get into the car. Smashes through it. Homer Simpson. And we get another song, a bonus song. He's the greatest guy in history. Sing it with me now. From the town of Springfield. He's about to hit a chestnut tree. Yes. (laughs) Why? But also, don't ask questions. Oh, my God. The amount of times that Homer has wrecked his car. Look, it just keeps coming back. Yeah. It's just that that car is, it's a bomb. I love it. Can't kill it. Can't. It will never die. It will never die. Why is it pink? Don't. Don't matter. <laughs> so good. It'll never so die. It and will then, never die. so they're at you know the plant, and they're like, I don't know what they do with like the rest of this stuff once they've sealed it up. Mm-hmm. And then they make these hilarious like jokes about like I don't know they chuck it in this river or they take it up to this other 
town where with a corrupt politician. Either way, I know I can sleep at night. Like Lenny and Carl, just sealing up the toxic waste. They're not worried. They're not, not caring. They don't care. And then, and then, um, birds and smithers, smithers. They come along and they sneak the, they sneak the barrel of of toxic waste out. And he's like, where should we put it this time? He's like, the playground. Oh, uh, well, these bald children decide to attract questions. <laughs> so then they stuff it to into the park. To the park. So they stuff it into a tree. And the tree grows tentacles and there's a squirrel that comes out and uses its little laser eyes to grab and, an acorn. And it tongues it like a lizard with a tongue. It's very funny. It's like the entire sequence is just so pitch perfectly funny. The uh, They get busted by the animal environmental protection thing. Playing a game of hide the ooze. <laughs> hide the ooze. What a good moment. So then... You know, Burns is like rolled out in uh, the criminal court looking just like Hannibal Lecter. Yes, Silence of the Lambs. Yes, I love Silence of the Lambs. It's another uh, one we have to watch together. To... I guess so. I don't know if I'm that into it. Oh. <laughs> it's great. I'm sure it'll be great. Um, and then he has to pay off the town $3 million, which he just has hanging out in his wallet. Yeah, in his front pocket um, in, in cash. In his front pocket. In cash, which does speak to, and I do love how The Simpsons does this. It's always poking fun at authority. Yeah. Even with the Southern, you know, uh, governor who's corrupt. The idea that the law can be bought. Yeah. That large conglomerate companies, you whack fines at them, but they're they're so small in comparison to their profits. They can just do whatever they like and they can get away with it because – they don't care about the fines. Yeah, it's like when rich people do like park in it spots there, like it's absolutely not supposed to be parked in because uh-huh. they can just cop a parking fine. Yeah, they can just cop a pork, a porking. They can just get a porking fine, and they don't even care. They don't care. They can be like, "I'm going to pay this porking care. fine because I pay. I can pay <laughs> cash now if you need me to." Uh, I just go down to what to go to the office, go to the go to the office of porking fines, and I just like hand over my cash, and I'm like, get me out of here, okay? Get out of here, Buck. You know that porking is a euphemism um, for having sex. I yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that rich people are getting fines for having sex. Sexual intercourse. I'm very well versed. <laughs> I'll have you know. Very good. Are people doing it? <laughs> it. It. They're it. doing it. <laughs> so then the, the you know, the town has three million dollars. And at the Simpsons family mm-hmm. house they're all having this glorious little moment where they're all imagining what they can spend that money on. And Lisa imagines um uh, education and I'm like she's thinking about that in the future right she's like wow imagine having enough money where we could have VR education yeah but like go follow Genghis Khan on his adventures eat oh, who God. I eat mm-hmm. <laughs> that was very good but mm-hmm. it's also like VR is a thing now and I've done VR and I'm sure it won't take that long because after like a year of like people doing learning from home where you can yeah, you can true. just turn your Samsung into a uh, like a VR headset. So I'm sure that like by a year or two there will be some things which you could do as like VR learning experience. 
Yeah, the tri- you know the trickle down of technology and you know the early onboarders, which is like the military and the pornography yeah. you know industries, will uh you know v- figure out all the kinks and eventually yeah. both figuratively and metaphorically, and eventually we'll get all the way down to the schools uh, affording probably fairly shitty VR helmets, and then we can all learn about Genghis Khan. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, we'll Bart wants giant mechanical ants. Uh, he chops <laughs> off. He chops off Seymour Skinner's lower half. With no blood, I quite like in that thing because it's quite a graphic thing to, I imagine, see. But there's no blood spurting out of him. He's just there is no his blood arms. spurting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe in a ten year old's mind, they're like, no, nah, it's more that it will just it'll just cut in half. It'll be funny. Yeah, it'd be funny <laughs> rather than absolutely horrific. So that um, was very fun. And so then there's a town meeting, right, about mm-hmm. what they're going to do with the money, and they have the bit which I've seen. Like, everyone's like, get to the money, get to the money, and everyone stands up with their suggestions. Get to the money! And they get to the bit where I've seen people say that. I've seen you, Box, say it's, hello, I'm uh, Mr. Schnob. Schnob. That'll do. (laughs) Mm, Yes. I like the way Schnob thinks. It's so good. I've seen that. And then he pulls out a getaway grapple hook. You never know when you're going to need him until you need him. Of course, flies Benzie out of there. Oh, that was an absolutely delightful sequence. Delightful, loved that. You loved that. I loved it. And then, um, great. March stands up and she's like, "Well, you know what? We need to fix the Main Street." And now, this is something that is close to my heart because I, I've probably said so many times that the roads in Hobart are bullshit. They're <laughs> absolutely bullshit. They and, are bullshit. <laughs> and yet. There's this company that wants to make a cable car from the base of the mountain to the top of the mountain here in Hobart. Oh, my God. Hobart's own monorail? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Cable car. Cable car. Cable car. Cable car. car. Well, there are giant potholes. You go. (laughs) Is Hobart a mini Springfield? It feels like it. Oh, my God. I was watching this and I'm like, I know that feeling. We don't need a cable car. We need someone to fix the fucking roads. Yeah, and it's so frustrating because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm watching this episode play out just like how I feel that. Because, like, it feels like the person who's like, I assume you're on the side of the streets and not the cable car. Oh, 100%. (laughs) You're the Marge in this situation. I am the Marge. If Marge, Grandpa Simpson, because obviously it was his idea. (laughs) <laughs> yes, like he was saying, we could do this in sarcastic. Everyone's like, yeah, yay! Grandpa's idea for a new main street. Oh my god, yeah. So it's like, oh my god, the main road in Hobart is fucked, and like half the roads are so fucked that it feels like you're driving along and you could flip over on your side because there's a big giant, Damn. like such a weird shaped road, and they're all so fucked. It's like, oh my god, and someone I wants to make this. a new fucking cable car to the top of the mountain I'm like no <laughs> no cascade spend the money on the fucking roads anyway it's like wow roads are not sexy they're not safety not sexy no apparently not safety of transport fix the fucking roads anyway mm. yeah mm. that's why there's not enough buses because not enough buses can go on any of the fucking roads oh my god really yeah oh my god <sighs> it kills me <sighs> So uh, Marge pitches her idea of mm-hmm. Main Street while uh, Quimby uh, looks at pornographic playing cards. 
I do like that that she says that it's all broken because people leave the chains on their cars and carry heavy loads. Cut to Homer carrying a piano. Where is this piano now? Whatever. Uh, it's not even the one they actually have in their house uh, with his chains on going, woohoo, look at that pavement fly. A little callback to woohoo, look at that blubber fly from was... his triple bypass episode. <gasps> oh, because he slapped his his belly in and kept flapping around. Yeah. Oh it's a little God. Homerism for you. That's beautiful. And then, and, and also the popcorn van uh, falling into an enormous ditch and then the ditch filling up with popcorn. It was very beautiful good. gag. So, so good. many good gags. And then we finally meet Lyle Landley. Oh, what a snake oil salesman. He's even well, wearing the jacket. He's wearing the jacket from the music man. So oh. this is from the song uh the show resembling the show's You Got Trouble. And Lyle Landley is based on the player's character Harold Hill. So it's all the alliteration yep. is there. That, like, yeah, snake oil, like I'm going to show up and I'm going to fleece these people for all they're worth. Yeah. What's what, a mule with a spinning wheel and Homer doesn't get it. He just goes, ha, a mule. That must be why everyone is laughing. <laughs> and then they sing. Where did he get that sort of little tiny monorail complex from? How did he fit it into the yeah. hall before anyone even noticed? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The fucking song. It's so catchy. Oh, my God. And you know it off by heart, don't you, Bok? Well, I do know it off by heart because I have used it in <laughs> a bit I've been doing about uh, well, it's so specific, but like the, Melbourne has a terrible uh, public transport payment system with this Mikey card. Oh so God. I developed a bit about like how they managed to choose the Mikey card <laughs> and, and I'd use the monorail song in it. And I'd, Mikey, what's it called? Mikey. <laughs> the system still sounds really broken. Sorry, but Steve Brax has spoken. It's, uh, <laughs> deep cuts. In the early 2000s, okay? It's anyway. very good. It's very Eventually good. Eventually I'll put it on an actual stage. Uh, yes. <laughs> but uh, so I know this song very well. But it's just, a, it's fucking good. It's catchy. It's oh my dumb. God. It's It's got that that Simpson-y songness to it. Like it's just up there. You know what I mean? I'm so glad that oh. this is oh. the episode that you finally get to fucking watch. So Homer becomes uh decides that he's going to just quit the fucking power plant again uh and become yep. a train conductor a monorail conductor uh and again it it does I really like the way that uh the Simpsons sends up institutions education authority all that sort of stuff that yeah, it's yeah. this bullshit course that they make him do mono equals one rail equals rail Thank you. That concludes this six-week intensive course. Oh, my God. And then they're like, only one rail. Also, what the hell? Why are they like only one rail driver? What is it, the, the monorail and they go like once a day? I don't know. You would assume there might be a fleet, but, but it's a simple town. It doesn't yep. need – just maybe runs it once a day. Who knows? Yes, yeah, true. Um, <laughs> and even Lisa, like, gets on board. Like, Lyle Landley is so good at manipulating people. Yeah. He, like, charms the hell out of her. She has a very good – he goes to her school and he, like, answers all these kids' stupid questions and he's like, what about you, little girl? You want to take your dolly on the monorail? And she's like yeah. – she has this great question about, like, the, the what's the point of um, the monorail in, like, a small centralised town? And then he's like, well, I could answer that, but um, but the answer would be so intelligent that only you and I would be able to – 
like understand and your teacher wouldn't even understand and she just like is so charmed and he gets away with it. I mean there is like he gets away with it and there is aspects in other episodes where Lisa provides the voice of reason. Yeah. That she is a catalyst for people rethinking themselves. She did it in the bypass episode. Yeah. That they chose this moment to shut her down and like negate her as a person that would have been some kind of intervention on, you know, the plot, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really interesting and I think that's fucking why Conan O'Brien wrote this episode like that. To yeah. Sort of, you, there is a lot of conventions within The Simpsons and he actually manages to subvert them. Yeah. So you actually, it feels slightly more high stakes. Yeah, well, the whole thing is high stakes because, like, slowly, 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 it's it's it's, it's like building to this point, and you all, and we all know that Lyle Laneley's a like a it's a snake oil salesman, and then like straight away, yeah, he's drawing in his little notebook at the last day of the training, like a picture of him with a with a like a suitcase full of money going to Tahiti. Like He's pretty set on that plan. The man's got goals. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Got to give it to him. The man has goals. And um, what a gross charmer. So well, oh, there's this wonderful point where they're watching um, Barney, who's uh, tell, uh, getting, you know, directing the the monorail onto the, the rail. And mm-hmm. and Ho- and Homer's like, oh, you can ch-. He's there with um Bart and Homer's like, oh, Bart, you can change your name to my name because Bart is like so impressed that Homer is the conductor because Homer gets the conductor job. And he's like, yeah, you can change your name to Homer Jr. or Hoju. And Hoju, I'll get back to you. <laughs> and, and, I've, and I've heard people say that, like, oh, Hoju. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm like, what? Oh, my God. This is the bit that falls into place this week. Claire <laughs> learns a new piece of society. Who do? Who do? I was like, oh my god, what the hell? Um, I love that Homer tries to convince Marge that he is the right man for the job uh, by trying to make it sexy. <laughs> what if I undo this button? What if I sing to you? I gave my love a chicken that had no bone. <laughs> What a beautiful mm. little song. Chicken. <laughs> he does a lot of sing- he does a lot of singing in this. Yes. There he is- still fucks up the end of monorail. Mono yeah. dope. Dope. Uh, his file photo for him being chosen as said monorail conductor is a- him with a bunch of cigarettes in his mouth. <laughs> Exceptional joke. Exceptional. Why? But so also funny. shush, Lauren, don't ask why. It's like like Homer does not smoke, but that is the one photo they have of him, and of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. So funny. So funny. So, funny. Uh, uh, so instead of Lisa being the voice of reason, it kind of deflects over to Marge. Yeah. Uh, which I guess makes sense because she was the one that wanted Main Street. She's concerned about safety and the safety yeah. of the citizens of Springfield. So she does some investigating. She finds Lyle Landley's diary. Uh, yeah. That he just left lying around. I mean, I don't know if you left your diary lying around and someone read it once. Um, I used to have um, one of those silly little pink diaries that had like a little lock, lock on it. Yes. Yeah. And I had that, but I didn't write anything interesting in it. But like, I think did the, you? The, the lock was intimidating. Like uh, what I like, I had to have secrets in order yes. to write it. 
in there. But also, when you have that that kind of diary, you're of an age where the secrets are so not interesting. My friend did this and it annoyed me. My brother is annoying. My mum, it was just me listing annoying people. This person annoys me. That person annoys me. Have So did any of those people ever discover your diary? No. No, they did not. No. Fortunately, I did have like a little hidey cupboard thing that my mum tidied once and I went (gasps) off at her about that. Yeah, I opened it up and it was like all tidied up and I'm like, no, that's my secret compartment of I don't even remember what I had in there. I think I had like a couple of, yeah, a couple of diaries, but they didn't have anything. Maybe like a packet of like clove cigarettes that I got and I thought I was being really cool and naughty. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think she she tidied them. I don't even think she knew what they were. Oh, bless but her. But she real she apologized and she never went there again. And I think it's very important as a teenager to have little hidey holes. Yeah, I think so. We also need, need little a- spaces where we have our secrets. So secrets, privacy. This is the people that are annoying me, and I just yeah. want to be annoyed. I need to form my own inner life, mom. <laughs> Get out of my room, mom. Get out of my room. It's really important for teenagers to have their own little secret space where they can, yeah. you know, have their own parts. Yeah, I think so. Even if you don't even mm. have that secret stuff in there. You, Something that's... That, even if, if you're given it, then you're probably less likely to use it for, like, bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like the more rebellious you were as a teenager, the more strict your parents were. Like, that is... Yes. That is a thing. Um, so, Marge goes to North Haberbrook. Mm. <laughs> To investigate how they took the monorail, and it's great. It's this this weird sequence of like a broken down town. There's like an old lady cackling in a chair. Uh, she goes to the local cafe, and the woman goes, "There ain't no monorail here, and there never was." And she shuts the door and just says, "Monorail cafe, cafe. written on it." <laughs> and then, like a German scientist wearing those rail sunglasses, terrifyingly approaches her, and she screams, "Sebastian Cobb." <laughs> He's um, great. He, he was made to look like the guy from Doctor Strangelove. Oh! Like similar character design with a white coat and the glasses and all that sort of stuff. But he's a quirky little character. He's a good person that comes in. Yeah, he's great. Does he come back ever? Uh, he does come back. Yes. Yeah, he'll, he's around a couple of more times. Oh, So then we come back to Springfield and it is the opening of the monorail, the star-studded opening of the monorail that starts with one celebrity who I've never heard of but uh, definitely doesn't sound like a good person. Had you heard of that person, Bog? No, I have not. No. <laughs> I think they were and just all parodies. Uh, oh, right. And then, then there was like a woman who just got released from Betty Ford Clinic. Now I've heard of that clinic. It's like one of the most famous rehabs in America, I think. Yes, that's Lurleen Lumpkin, the... Uh... Ingenue, I want to bunk with you tonight. <gasps> what? Yes. The same Lurleen? Yes. She's not doing well. She's not doing well. I slept well. in a ditch last night. Oh, my God, Lurleen. Um, I'm amazed at Krusty the Clown rocks up and he's obviously had some sort of illegitimate child and it's fucking so cute. <laughs> but it makes all these, like, weird... Crusty baby noises. It's like wah, 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 wah. like I can't even do it properly. It's and so good. Leonard it's so funny. Nimoy is there. 
So fun. Actual guest star. Yes, from Star Trek. Some Star Trek, uh, even though Mayor Quimby says, may the force be with you, and then thinks he's from the Little Rascals, so he's all mixed up. Uh, Leonard Nimoy was not originally considered for the role. Uh, the writing staff didn't think that he would say yes, um, because in actual fact, William Shatner had previously also turned down an appearance on The Simpsons. Oh, wow. Um, so they asked George Takei first, because he had actually appeared uh, in as Akira in the second season episode, One Fish, Two Fish, Blowfish, Bluefish. Yeah. Um, after demanding several script changes, Takei declined, saying he did not want to make fun of public transportation as he was a member of the board of directors of the Southern California Rapid Ta- Transit District. Oh, my God. So they went to Nimoy, who was like, fucking sure, I'm not on some board. I'm fine. I got no ties. I got no skin in this game. Give me the lines. And he was fucking amazing. So good. So good. Uh, Homer's monorail outfit was sort of a little bit Star Wars-esque. They gave yes. him that. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah, they did, deliberately did that. Meanwhile, they're toasting in all the cabins. They've got that the Led Zeppelin cover, uh, the Nuremberg disaster, that one. The Nuremberg disaster. Ominous. Yeah, and then we move into the final sort of bit where oh, the, st- the final monorail, act. final act, the monorail goes nuts. Everything breaks. They set off. We're going to die. Well, at least we'll take a lot of innocent people with us. What a sad moment. It's epic. It's an epic moment. Like, it's an epic episode. It has a high stakes plot that is really driven forward. You really yeah. feel it. It's just yeah. magic. It's, it's so intense. magic. And it keeps building, keeps building until they're at this point and they go and now they're and Marge and um, the scientists are too late. They've already gone and they're going at 180 miles an hour. They're not stopping because it's a solar-powered. When will people learn? <laughs> oh, what a, what a great Judging little... by your husband's cowardly screams. <laughs> so many beautiful lines. But then Mayor Quimby and um, Chief Wiggum have to have some kind of bureaucratic face-off in the bit, which again is this like, authority kind of like yeah. snubbing sort of yeah. thing that they're doing. They've got to consult the town charter. They get a pig and a t- couple of comely lasses. <laughs> they're it's... hopeless. They're not doing it. And clearly, I got pictures of you. That could have been anyone's ass. Yes. <laughs> clearly also the charter is so old. It's like really, really old. Yeah. He like, they were, scientists is like, you need to make an anchor. And so Homer like finds. Okay, Batman. It's not Batman. So he finds a uh, on board is a sheriff, like a. Why is a cowboy there? Why and why is he making circles with his rope? So Homer, what a great engineer, fashions an anchor out of the the rope and also the giant M on the side of monorail and ties the rope to the ceiling at the last moment because he realized that it's not getting tied to anything, and then. The thing, the M is dragging through the entire town. Like, they're ruining the main street even worse. It goes through an amazing series of, I could just imagine the writer's room, like, spitballing ideas for how to split something really easily. Yeah. Now, the Siamese twins is a very long and costly operation. Shung, done. It uh, cuts through um, Springfield's oldest oldest tree, tree which then falls on... Jebediah, the originator of Springfield, on Jebediah Springfield's the birthplace of his house, which blows up. Yeah. 
Goes past ye old anchor shop. You call that an anchor? And then finally gets lodged in a giant donut. Is there anything they can't do? <laughs> so good. Then everyone gets to go down on those giant puffy aeroplanes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know why, but I remember that bit of this episode a lot. I don't know why. That It just looks fun. <laughs> oh, you would God. expect them to maybe not have one. They just have to rope it down or whatever. Yeah, and Leonard like Nimoy says, that. my work here is done. <laughs> Did I do anything? <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> no, Leonard, you didn't. You didn't do a fucking damn thing, but that's fine. Leonard. Well, Leonard did save uh, Krusty, to be fair. Does but- anyone want to trade seats with this guy? <laughs> what a good sport. Oh, what a great sport. What a great sport. <laughs> oh, and and then at the end of the episode, there's like Marge is doing this weird narration, which has never happened, where she like says like, yes. like you know, that was the last of the town's follies and then the camera's zooming out and, and she says, apart from... The giant tower of popsicle sticks. Then it goes to, and apart from that escalator to nowhere, and that's how it ends. And like an escalator to nowhere is my Ah. absolute. Ah. Ah. (laughs) It's my absolute nightmare. (laughs) When I was growing, when I was growing up in like primary school, sometimes in like like religious class they would like bring in like illustrations of what it looks like to get to heaven and it would be a giant fucking ladder or like a giant staircase and i'm like that looks like it's just going into the sky and when you get to the top you just fucking fall off Uh, and that was the start of your atheism when you're like i'm sorry it doesn't it doesn't seem structurally sound (laughs) how far up does it go what is this the tower of babel get the fuck out well, little girl, do you think you want to take your dolly on the escalator to heaven? <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Oh, what a nightmare. <laughs> um, so this episode, obviously, fucking amazing, right? Oh, my God. It's incredible. Lives up to the hype. I'm yes, so happy does. that you feel the same way. I'm so happy that we're sitting here going, yes, story checks out. Yes. So good. We are not alone. This is on like all of the best episodes lists ever. Yeah. Uh, in 1998, TV Guide made it said it was its uh, top 12 Simpsons episodes. In 2003, the Entertainment Weekly did a list of top 25, and this was number four, wow. uh, saying the episode is arguably the highest throwaway gag per minute ratio of any Simpsons. All of them laugh out loud funny. Yes, yes. Uh, in his book, uh, Planet Simpson, Chris Turner said it was one of his five favorites. 2006 uh, episode was said it was the best of the fourth season. Uh, this guy from Vanity Fair called it the third best episode of the show entirely due to an amazing musical number. Leonard Nimoy as a random guest appearance. Yes. Besides being replete with excellent jokes, this episode reveals the town's mob mentality and its collective lack of reason. Yes. This is the episode that defines Springfield more than any other, yes. which I fucking agree with. That's what I yes. was feeling, right? But also, how, what is it, why, how is it not the best episode? Like, I'm sorry, but what are some of the episodes that are best? I'm not telling you that. You don't get that. (laughs) No, you don't get that. (laughs) Oh, no. No, you've got to find your way out. No. (laughs) Of this yourself. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, 
I mean, Conan conceived of the idea when he saw a billboard in Los Angeles that just had the word monorail written on it. <laughs> and he pitched it at the story retreat for season three. Uh, so, yeah, season four, sorry, to yeah. Algene and Mark Rice. He said the episode was a little crazy and thought he should try other material first. Um, but he had got a good uh, sort of, you know, game by then with the Marge Gets a Job episode yep. that he wrote. So they were like, you know what? We trust you. Go for it. And oh this God. is what came out. It's this is glorious. what they got. It's, it's glorious. Ah, oh, hooray. It is definitely the best episode of The Simpsons I've seen so far. Wow. I mean, it's hard for me to remember. I, I don't know, because nostalgia and now current love is kind of mixed up for me. So I, yeah. I, fi- I find it hard to separate myself and my love for this episode because it does feel so familiar. So all I can say is like, that. that's why, there it yeah. is, that's it. Yeah, it yeah. is a perfect episode. It's and, you, and, and also it like adds to like when she goes to North Haverbrook or whatever or where whatever town she goes to, there's a little bit of elements of seeing another town. And I think it's also one of the first times he, they mentioned Shelbyville as well. Uh-huh, yeah. We ha- I mean, yes, if you haven't heard Shelbyville yet. No, and I, then... I have heard of Shelbyville as like the – the, uh, the town where they all hate each other. I'm like, oh, yes. my God. The rival town. Yeah, there the rival go. town. I think it might be the first time. Just like, tell us your idea and we'll vote for it. Yeah. It's like, oh, it is. Oh, an absolute uh, uh, chef's uh, kiss kisses. episode. No, no, more kisses. <laughs> Here oh. we go. Good on well you, done, Karen. crew. I can't believe we've gotten to this point. I am so yes. pleased. Yes. So pleased for you. Hoju. 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 So, next week's episode is yes. called Selma's Choice. Ooh, like Selma's Choice. Yes, I believe so. Selma decides to have a baby. Oh. Uh, so. Ultimate Sophie's Choice there. What do you think that's going to do? Hmm? Well, some of our, our, one of our friends just had a baby, so I assume it's going to go just I like mean, that. Yeah, it's got some lockdown baby action. I mean, yeah. I am coming out of the wazoo with, like, other people's pregnancies right now. And everyone's oh, yeah. due at the same time. I'm like, yeah. it's a legit lockdown baby boom. Oh, yeah. I don't know yeah. what they're going to call this generation. Lockdown? The lockdown generation? Lockdown baby boom generation? Lockdown, lockdown baby. babies? Lockdown the babies. Lockdown? Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a cool gang. It, it does. It's better than baby boomers, doesn't it? Yeah, I want to join the lockdown babies. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, so that's it from us. Uh, yeah. If you enjoyed this, tell your friends. Tell everyone. Tell everyone. People keep telling me they're listening to this now, which is really yeah. nice. Yeah, I'm like getting a little surprised. Like, oh, I know. Cool. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, we're making something and people are listening to it, Claire. What the fuck? What the fuck? People are Doesn't paying happen. attention. No. People paying attention. What? So like, it's not like I've been doing stand-up comedy for eight fucking years. <laughs> Finally, people are like, oh. You're onto something there, newbies. Well, like, we're not new. <laughs> Excuse me. I've been doing this. Where have you been? I'm sorry. That's ungrateful. That's bad. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you Thank for your you. support. No, for real, though, we really appreciate all of the love that we get. It's actually yeah. kind of super cool. Uh, yeah. And just goes to show, follow your dreams. <laughs> Unless that dream is becoming a monorail, monorail. conductor. Because you <laughs> Did already do your other dream, which was running onto a baseball field naked and got a headline that said, Idiot ruins game. Yes. What a great, what a great headline. 
Uh, anyway, you guys should watch this episode. Just watch yeah. it after listening Just, to this. Yeah. Go back, set aside some time, be a delight. Like, yeah. this is self-care, in yeah. my humble opinion. I think so. Give it a rewatch because it is so wonderful. And actually, I did laugh out loud so many times. Yeah. Constantly. It's just phenomenal. We love you, Simpsons. We love you, Simpsons. We love you. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.